Welcome to Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here today. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. This week, as I was kind of thinking back on what God did during presbytery, I really wanted to kind of tack on to that weekend and what God was doing because I realized that something like that could stir our hearts for hearing God and wanting to grow in our relationship with Him and being able to hear Him personally. And so today I wanted to talk about that, but I do want to let you know that next weekend, Pastor Ethan will continue the David series that we kind of put on pause for a short season um, as we did presbytery in this weekend. It's been an incredible series, so I want to encourage you to come back next weekend as we continue that series. But today, I want to talk about hearing God. And there are some questions that I think all of us ask at some point in our life about hearing God. And so I'm just going to answer three of the most common questions or the three that I wanted to answer today, okay? You may have others. I may not get to those, but these are the three I wanted to answer today. And so the first question I want to answer is, can I hear God? Can I hear God? And to put it very simply, yes, you can. If you are a believer and a sheep of the shepherd, the good shepherd, then you can hear God. Here's what John 10, 27 says. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So if you are a sheep, a believer of Jesus, you can hear God. And there are three simple things you need to know. If you go to Growth Track, you'll hear these things. We believe these to our core. And so here are three things about you being able to hear God. Number one is it's innate. It's innate. It's built in. It's inherent. It is hardwired in you that you can hear God. It is within your heart that God created you to be able to hear him. And here's what I want to point out about the scripture I just read. It does not say, my shepherds can hear my voice. It says, my sheep. Meaning you and I, the everyday people, Monday through Saturday people, can hear God's voice. We don't need to have presbytery every single Sunday to be able to hear the voice of God. We can hear God in our everyday life because that is how he has built us. The second thing I want you to know, if you can hear God, is yes, it's innate, but it is also learned. It's learned. How many of you know that children are born with the ability to communicate? But they have to learn how to do it well. If you've ever been around maybe about a six-month-old, they're just screaming at you. And they have something they want, and they know very clearly what they want. Maybe around 12 to 18 months, they just start blabbering and telling you a whole story. And you know it is the best story of all time, but you have no idea one word they just said. They believe it with everything in them, right? It's learned, though, as they grow, how to communicate. And the other thing they have to learn is they have to learn how to listen. It's not inherent for them to be good listeners. I've asked God why many times after raising my four kids. It just doesn't come with them. We have to teach ourselves and kids how to listen. So this is a learned skill for us. And then the third thing I want to tell you is that it can be matured. It is matured. As children learn to communicate, they also learn what to communicate. They learn how to communicate. They learn how to communicate more eloquently. As we mature in our walk with God or even in the business world, we learn to communicate things differently. We learn how to give feedback in kind ways, right? Like we learn and we mature in our communication skills. And this is something that we grow in. 
Um, a couple of weeks ago, or a couple months ago, actually, I took my son to get a haircut at Sports Clips, and they had to wash his hair. He has real curly hair, so they're like, we're going to wash it before. So they go back there, and the chair was a massage chair. So as they're washing his hair at his six-year-old little mind, he was like, oh, this is amazing. And he goes, Dad would love this chair. It gives you a massage. And then he pauses for a minute, and he looks at the girl, and he goes, but my dad doesn't have hair. It's matured. We learn things as we grow in our communication. So no matter where you are on your walk with the Lord, no matter how long you've been listening to him and having conversations with him, we all can grow and mature in our ability to hear and how we talk to the Lord. When I was studying and preparing for today, I was thinking about frequency. And as I looked in the natural at this definition and the different things about frequency, here's what I learned about frequency. Frequency does not determine how loud something is. It only determines if there is sound. And all sound travels at the same speed. What determines how loud it is is actually the decibels into which you tune into. And here's why I say all of that. Because somewhere along the line, the enemy has tried to get you and I to believe that God speaks faster to some than to others. And actually, that is not true. It comes to us all at the same speed. The reason that some people may hear God more often or clearer is not because God is more favorable to them. It is because they have learned how to tune in to his frequency. They have learned how to adjust their ability to listen to him louder in their life. And so today, I want you to know you can hear God. But it is up to us to tune in to his frequency because he is speaking and we have the ability to tune in. So can we hear God? Yes, we can hear God. Okay, then how? Okay, Elaine, I believe you. I can hear God. How do I hear God? Here's my second question. How do I hear God? Well, guess what? He communicates in a multitude of ways. I want to read to you 10 ways that God communicates. And they're going to put this up on the screen. But here are 10 ways that God communicates. Number one is through circumstances. An example of this may be Jonah. Number two, through counsel. Proverbs is a great example of this. Through peace, through people, through dreams and visions, through thoughts, through natural manifestations, through supernatural manifestations, through the Bible, or through a whisper. God communicates to us in a multitude of ways. And here are just a few. They're not in a specific order. But they, this is ways that God communicates to us. But as I've been on my journey with the Lord, um, I have learned some practical ways that I can hear God. And so today I want to give you four practical ways, habits that you could put into your life, practices that you could put into your life, starting today if you want, and you would be able to hear God more clearly. So the first thing we need to do is set an appointment. Set an appointment. Here in Exodus 19, I want to read it to you. Exodus 19, starting at verse 10. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down from Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. If you jump down to verse 19, it says, and when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. Here's what I want you to catch in this moment. 
God comes to speak to a prepared atmosphere. I've heard it said that, oh, I hear God louder or I hear him more clearly when I'm at church. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself why? Well, maybe you don't know, but we have an incredible staff and an amazing build team. It's our volunteer team that comes early and helps create this space to be a prepared atmosphere for you and I to have an encounter with God. This is a prepared space where God is ready to meet with you. I'm curious what would happen if you ever showed up on a Sunday and we weren't prepared. If the lights were all out, the doors are locked, what would happen? Is it possible that God has ever showed up and we weren't prepared to hear from him? I wonder if if you and I would take the same time and effort to create a space for God to speak to us if we would be able to have that encounter with him. I wonder if we would take some time to set an appointment. We set appointments every day. We set appointments to meet a friend for coffee. We set appointments to go get work done, whether a dentist or a doctor, or maybe we set appointments to work with a coworker on something. But in setting an appointment, what do we do? We set a time and a place. Do you have a time and a place that you are meeting with God? What time works for you? He's available 24-7 in case you don't know. So are you a night owl? He's available. Are you a rise up early in the morning, 4 a.m. is your best time of the day, not mine, but yours, amen, and God bless you. He's available. Are you a 2 a.m. person? He's available. Your lunch hour, he's available. Set a time that works for you. And then set a place. Uh, For me, this is what it looked like. When I had four little kids, they were all at home with me before they went to school. I was a stay-at-home mom. And so we lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area at this time. And so I would feed everyone breakfast, something very gourmet like Eggos and, you know, just it was top of the line. And so I'd feed everyone breakfast. And then I would go turn on the TV to Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And then they would all be enamored for about 25 minutes. And I would go over to my kitchen table, and for about 25 minutes, I could have undivided time with the Lord. And he really didn't mind their interruptions, but I just enjoyed that time with him. And then there was a season where we did a Mom's Day Out program. So just a couple days a week, they would be with somebody. And on those days, those were my extended time with the Lord. And I would go to a parking lot, I would turn off my car, roll down my windows, and I had no distractions. I would just sit there, and I would lean into what the Lord was doing. Now I'm a full-time mom and working full-time and my kids are all in school. And let's be honest, most of my times are in the car. And aren't we grateful God called us all to Houston so we have lots of time in the car. Amen. You know, and this was my time. The commute of where I was headed, I could just sit with the Lord in that time. I have a chair in my room, and if you look out my, it faces my windows, and I have, there's a little pond behind our house, and I can watch the sunset. It's one of my favorite times to spend with the Lord. I don't know where your place would be. I don't know what season you're in. <laughs> Maybe you're in the busyness of the little years. Whatever it is, find a time and a space that you can meet with God. Set an appointment and be there. And I want to encourage you, please do not become legalistic about this. Listen, I know what's going to happen. You're going to hear this message. It's one of the best messages you've ever heard. You're going to go home and you're going to say, oh, my goodness, I've got to do this. I'm going to set my alarm for 4 a.m. You're going to be ready to meet with God at 4 a.m. You're going to roll over and it's going to be 530. And you're like, I missed him. And you're going to be upset. And here's what the enemy is going to tell you. Well, 
Better luck tomorrow. No. He cleared his whole day for you. So listen, better late than never. Don't let the enemy convince you, well, you're 10 minutes late, you're 30 minutes late. He's already moved on. He is waiting to meet with you. So give yourself grace for the season that you're in and for the day that you may go about. It may be on the drive. It may be an hour as you watch the sunset. Whatever it is, give yourself an appointment with God and show up even if you're late. Okay? Set an appointment. The second thing, once you've set an appointment, you arrive to that time and space. Be still and worship. Be still and worship. Psalm 46.10 says this. Be still and know that I am God. Exodus 14.13 says, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. 2 Chronicles 20 verse 17 says, You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. And if you jump down to verse 21, here's what happens. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. His, the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army, they, and they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And I want to pause just for a second. Here's what's happening. They're about to go to battle. And instead of going into the battle right now, they send worshipers first. Can I tell you that if you will let worship be your entry point, you will have far more victories in your lifetime. Go forth with worship. And here's what it says. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambush against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. And they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood against each other, against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. That was very kind of them. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. I want to dive into this story, but I'm not going to today for time's sake. But I just find this really funny. I would love to have watched the whole thing with the final two people. Like Judah was supposed to come and kill all of them. They all decided to kill each other and save Judah the work. And so, but I just want to watch the final two people. Like somehow they both had to die. Like I just imagine this being a very humorous moment for Judah as they were all fearful and all they had to do was worship and God went ahead and let them all kill themselves. Like, it's incredible what God will do when we are still and we worship him. All you need to do, be still. And when you silence yourself before the Lord, I believe you'll begin to see his move in your life. The next thing you'll want to do is pray and read. Pray and read. Mark 1, verse 35 says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Psalm 119, 147, I rise before the dawning of the morning and cry for help. I hope in your word. I know these two verses are about the morning. It doesn't have to be the morning. The bottom line is that you are setting up time to pray and to read. And please hear me, you do not have to follow a prayer guide. You can, if that's helpful. And there have been seasons in my life that I have. I've gotten books and I've, I've read prayers out loud to help me start a new journey or a new season. But you don't have to. You don't have to pray for everyone you know. You don't have to pray for your Aunt Sally and your Aunt Sally's cousin and you think she's married, so maybe her spouse too. And you don't have to go down the line. 
All you have to do is pray for what's on your heart. Sally may be on your heart. That's fantastic. But she may not. And that's okay. Pray for what's on your heart. And then read his word. I I get asked sometimes, well, where do I start with the Bible? On the inside. If you're looking for wisdom, Proverbs is a great place. If you read one a day, you'll get through it in a month. But Psalms is a great place to start. Maybe you want to start with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and read about Jesus' time here on earth. Or maybe you want to start at the very beginning and know how it all started. Genesis is a great place to start. It really doesn't matter. Just start. And if you don't know, we have this amazing app called Version. We don't, but it's in the body of Christ. And it's the Bible app. And you can download that. And all throughout that, you can find topical reading plans. Whether you're dealing with anxiety or fear, whether it's about your marriage or your kids, you can actually search and find a topical reading plan to get you started in the Word of God. Just start. Pray and read the Word of God. And then the last thing you'll want to do is listen and write. Listen and write. Psalm 45 verse 1 says, My heart burst its banks, spilling beauty and goodness. I pour it out in a poem to the king, shaping the river into words. First Chronicles 28, 19. All this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me all the works of these plants. Habakkuk 2.2, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. The best way I know how to start hearing the voice of God is to start writing. Write your prayers. Write what you think he's saying to you. Write what you think the word of God is saying to you, the scriptures that you are reading. But just begin to write and let him lead you and guide you. I understand because this is the hardest part for me is to be still and listen. But this is also the part with the greatest reward. If we will wait, prayer is a two-way conversation. And if we just go into the presence of God, communicating to him, but never stop to get the things that we need to overcome our days, we have fallen short of what the power could be in that moment. So we need to stay and listen. And I want to encourage you, if you do this for one month, I really believe that you will see your life transformed. And it may not be that every day you can spend an hour with him or you don't have to worry about that. Remember, don't become legalistic. Just start. So if once a week you have an extended time with the Lord, great. Just spend time with him. He wants to speak to you. So can he speak to you? Yeah. How? You make some practices in your life and I believe you'll see him overflow in your life. And the last question I want to answer today is, okay, now what? What do I do with the words he's given me? What do I do with his word to me? And very simply, you guard it. You guard it. So what does that look like? How in the world do I guard his word? Well, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to value his voice. Value his voice. To hear his voice, you need to value it. And I know that all of us in this room would love to say, yes, I value the voice of God. Do you put time and effort into hearing him? That's how you'll know if you truly value it. I want to read this to you in 1 Samuel 3, um, starting in verse 1. It says, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And when the word of the Lord was rare in those days. 
That word rare, we would like to read that and be like, man, that was in limited supply. God was not speaking very much back then. That was pretty cool that God chose him and spoke to him. He wasn't doing that very often back then. But that's not what that word means. That word literally means precious and valuable. Precious and valuable. The word of God was precious and valuable. Is it precious and valuable to you? How do you value his voice? Because what you value, you will guard. Are you guarding his voice? Do you value it enough? And after you value it, then the next thing is we need to steward the word of God. We need to steward his words to us. We are not owners. We are only managers. And we all know that what we manage well, more will be given to us. We understand that about money. We understand that about talents. We understand about that about relationships. Is it possible that that also goes back to his word to us? Is it possible that we could manage God's words to us well that he would give us more of him? Well, here's what Mark 4.24 says about that. And this is Jesus talking, by the way. Jesus said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has to him, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. God Jesus uses the verse, the measure you use in regarding to hearing his voice. He uses the verse, more will be given to hearing his voice. So how good of a steward are you? How well do we steward his voice? In Luke 8 verse 18, Jesus is talking again. It says, therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. It is very important how we steward God's word. Because if we steward it well, more will be given. We will be able to hear him more clearly. It is as though we are tuning in and he will become louder and clearer to us. The better we steward it, that's what happens. More will be given. But if we do not steward it well, even what we seem to have will be taken away. How we steward God's words are very important. And we must do it humbly. We must remain humble that the God of the universe would choose to give us a life-giving word to hold on to in our seasons. I want to read you about Joseph in Genesis 37. If you know this story, you kind of might know where I'm going with it. But here's Joseph. He receives a dream. And here's what he says in verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers. And they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There, there we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheave arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheave. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more. I wonder why. For his dreams and for his words. It wasn't wrong that he heard God. It wasn't wrong that he had this dream from God. That was a gift from God. But how he stewarded it is where he got himself in trouble. 
Because what he did is he interpreted this selfishly and pridefully. And if you know the rest of Joseph's story, he did not receive any more dreams. Others did, and he interpreted those dreams, but he personally did not. And when he interpreted the dreams of his friends, he actually interpreted those unselfishly. Because God had already been doing a work in his heart. Because we determine how we're going to steward something. And if we'll just determine in our hearts to be humble with the things that God has given us, I believe we'll receive more. We have to guard how we will receive God's word. James 4 verse 6 says this, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Can I tell you that you cannot resist the devil if you are not submitted to God? Because it is actually only through the power of God that you are able to resist the devil. And if you are not submitted to God, then you will have pride in your heart. If you have pride in your heart, you actually can't submit to God. And if you can't submit to the godly authority or godly counsel that's in your life, then you actually can't even submit to God. Because pride is the root of that. Pride has a hold of your heart. And I want to tell you, unfortunately, when pride has a hold of our heart, we cannot hear God. We can hear familiar spirits, but it will be the root of evil because pride is at the root of it all. Pride is at the root that is holding back that moment. So I want to ask you a very simple question. What kind of ground is your heart to receive a word from God? Is it shallow? Are there things in your life that would choke out the word of God? Or could the word of God live in your life for a season and grow, but then it die over time because it lacks water and depth? Can the word of God be stewarded in your life? Can you manage the words that God would love to get you, give you? Can you hold on to them? Because we, it matters how we steward what God has given us. And the last thing is we need to heed his word. Heed his word. That word heed actually means to give careful attention to. Careful attention to. If I could easily boil this down, if we are going to heed the voice of God, that just simply means that we're going to take care of it. We're going to give careful attention to. There may be days that water is required. There may be days that we are pulling up the weeds of things that are trying to choke it out. There may be days of obedience or meditation but we are going to heed the voice of God. I want to show you this in Jonah's life. In Jonah 1, verse 1, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Anytime we disobey, we are fleeing from the presence of the Lord. See, God spoke to Jonah with his voice. And when Jonah was unwilling to heed the voice of God, to obey the voice of God, then God started to use his circumstances. And I want to be very clear here because not all circumstances are God. 
There are times that our poor decisions get us into a circumstance. There are times that because we live in a fallen world, we'll find ourselves in circumstances. But there are also times that God will use circumstances to knock on the door of your heart. And here's his purpose in doing it. To bring you back into the presence of the Lord. To bring you back into safety. Because he knows that the path of you running the opposite direction will cost you more than you want to pay. It is harmful and it is hurtful. And he wants to bring you back and place you into the place where he says, I know the plans I have for you. A plans for hope and a future that are good. And he's trying to bring you back and he's using the circumstances to knock on the door of your heart to say, would you soften your heart and come back to me? Do you know that Jonah did not receive any other words from the Lord until a very significant moment in his life? And that was when he repented. Is it possible that there's a word from the Lord that we have yet to obey? Is there a word that God has given you that you have not yet obeyed? Then I want to ask you a question with all the grace in my heart towards you. Why would he give you another one? when you haven't obeyed the one he already gave you. He wants to speak to you. And if you find yourself in a situation or a circumstance where God is knocking on the door of your heart for one reason, and that is to bring you back into his presence, to bring you back into safety, here's what you can do if you need to. Repent. And he's faithful to meet you right there. So can you hear God? Yeah. If you're a sheep, and you'll follow the good shepherd. How do you hear God? Well, you're going to need to set a time and a place. You're going to need to make an appointment. Not because he's too busy, but because we seem to be distracted by the things of the world. So this is an intentional thing for us to say, God, you are important to me. Then we're going to read the word of God. We're going to pray. We're going to listen. We're going to worship. We're going to be still. And we're going to write what he tells us to do. What we hear him saying. And then when he speaks to us. We choose to guard it. We will value it as though it is something rare, precious, and valuable to us. We will steward it because we all know that we want to hear God more. And we will heed his word. We will water it. We will obey it. We will listen to it. And we will guard it with everything we can. I don't know about you, but I would like to hear God more. And my prayer is that through the little things that we can do each and every day, that we would open up our heart and our ears to hear God in our everyday life. Amen. Can I pray for you? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? In a room like this, I understand there are some of us that are at the starting line and we just need to become sheep. We say, you know what? I, I don't even know if I, I've submitted my will to the Lord that you were speaking about. And today I know I just want to become a sheep of the good shepherd. And in a minute, we're going to go back into another response, a time of response, where we're going to have another song of worship, and our prayer team's going to come forward. And everyone's going to stand, so there's not going to be any awkwardness. But if you're somebody that needs to become a sheep of the Good Shepherd, I'm going to tell you, come on forward, and our prayer team will help you. Maybe you're here today, and you just need to tell the Lord, okay, God, I'm going to be intentional about my time with you. I'm going to set an appointment for today, later today, or tomorrow morning, or whenever it is, but I'm going to set a time and I'm going to meet with you. Maybe today you need to repent.
Because you know God gave you a word and you haven't obeyed it. You know that you've been running in the wrong direction and it's costing you more than you're willing to pay. And you just need to repent and let him bring you back. But every single weekend, we ask a very simple question. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? And right now in this very prepared atmosphere, our team has filled this room with prayer and we have been praying for you in this moment, that right here in this moment, that you would hear God, whether for the first time or the thousandth time, that you would hear him right now. And so in just a moment, we're gonna take a moment And I'm asking that the Lord would speak to each and every heart that's in this room or watching online. So just ask him, open your ears, open your heart. God, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, I thank you that your presence is in this room. Lord, I thank you that you desire to speak to your children. And Lord, right now, I ask that you would speak to your children. And Lord, I pray that throughout this week, as we become intentional to hear from you, Lord, I ask that you would open our ears, open our hearts to hear from you. And Lord, for the areas of our heart that have become hard to you and closed off, We ask for repentance. We ask that you would forgive us and that you would heal, that you would break down and that you would bring us back into your presence. Thank you that you are a communicative God that created us to communicate and that you still speak. In Jesus' name, amen. joining us today. If you live in the Houston area or are in town for a visit, we would like to invite you to join us for a service. For service times and location or more information about Gateway Church, follow us on social media or visit our website gatewayhome.com. Have a blessed week.